Welcome to the I Lead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to developing you into the leader that can lead in any room. Your host and guide is Dr. G. Vincent Dudley Sr. Dr. Dudley is a leader of leaders. He has his Ph.D. in organizational leadership. He earned his Doctor of Ministry with a focus on entrepreneurship and church planting. He is a John Maxwell Associate Trainer and an Adjunct Professor for Strategic Leadership at North Central University. Dr. Dudley retired from the Air Force as a lieutenant colonel. He has started several businesses, but his greatest achievement is that of founding senior pastor of New Life, one of the fastest-growing churches in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Let's join Dr. Dudley and co-host Jeffrey II for another instructional, inspirational, and informative session. Welcome to I Lead Academy podcast. And today, listeners, I just want you to know Man, we have the awesome opportunity to hear from Representative Nikki Bazinski. She is the 13th Congressional District Representative uh, in the great state of Illinois. And uh, her whole thing is you. It's Mm -hmm. about working families. It's about people trying to make it, trying to get ahead. And the whole from the union perspective to public education, her grandparents were in both of those pieces, she's wrapped herself in all of that to say, hey, I want to lead us in a whole new generational way to just help um, everyday Illinois make it. And so welcome, welcome, Representative. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Bishop Dudley. It's great to be with you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your in your podcast. Well, we're going to talk about some leadership, and then we're going to get into a little bit of a policy thing. Uh, I hope I don't take you too far into those areas. I know it can get delicate sometimes. Uh, And then we're going to kind of wrap it up, but I really appreciate you being on here. Can you just share with uh, the iLead listeners? What's your definition of leadership? I think leadership can take a lot of different forms, but I think one of the most important things about leadership is that we lead by example. Mm. I think us as individuals have um, the responsibility and the duty to what I think is really important, be compassionate. I think be kind. I often talk about how before I vote in Washington, I try to put myself in the shoes of the other person um, on both sides of an issue. Um, And so really try to understand where um, someone is coming from. I think in order to have that kind of empathy, I think it makes you a stronger leader. I think listening is oftentimes an often overlooked uh, trait in a leader. I think being a good listener is leading. Um, So I think it's a combination of a lot of different um, traits and factors, but ultimately it comes down to us as individuals. And by making a difference as an individual and leading with integrity, I think you're setting the example for others to meet you where you are, which is a high road, not a low road. You can't lead if you're not listening. That's right. I agree. You cannot lead if you're not listening. If you don't know what those who are following you are saying, how in the world can you lead them? I, I get that. And I, mm-hmm. I really get that. And your leadership, um, what have been some of the obstacles 
to you leading. I mean, and I, and I, and, and if, if my language is not what it should be, please correct me. Oh, um, yeah. As, as a woman in many times a male space. Yeah. Uh, what have been some of those obstacles that you've had to deal with and overcome? I think one of the bigger obstacles that I've specifically learned within this role that I have today is leadership is not necessarily having the ability to please everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Leadership is collecting as many facts as you can, again, listening to all sides of an issue, trying to build consensus. But ultimately, sometimes leadership is appreciating that not everyone is going to walk away from the table happy. You do the best you can. Um, But I think recognizing that in a lot of the roles that we have, for me in this new role as, as serving as the 13th District Member of Congress, I'm not able to please everyone on every issue. But leadership is recognizing that and taking facts, empathy, compassion, making a com- um educated decision and moving forward. Um I think, you know, just kind of struggling with um the the reality that when you make that decision, not everyone's going to end up happy with it. But you did the best you could with the information you had to serve the most people and do the most good. When it comes down to information, I remember uh I'm a 21 and a half year uh, retired Air Force chaplain. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember in a retreat that we had uh, mm-hmm. for African-American chaplains, we had uh, one of the flag officers come in and uh, he was sharing with us his understanding of leadership. And he mm-hmm. said, uh, get all of the information you can, but you will never get all of the information you need to make mm-hmm. a decision, but make mm-hmm. it now. Mm-hmm. When you when you find yourself into that. You didn't, you, you got everything you could. Right. And then you make a decision uh, and everybody does not uh, agree with your decision. How do you manage that? How do you handle that? Well, I think it's really, I talk about in the work that I do, it matters how you do your business. And what I mean by that is even if I'm going to take a tough vote or I know I'm going to make a particular constituency Um, they're not going to agree with this final decision. I try to be upfront. No surprises. I try to, out of respect, um, come to everyone on all sides of a particular issue, be communicative, talk it through, let them know what I base my decision on and why I ultimately came to that conclusion. And so I think communication is really important. Respect is also critically important. And I think if you can demonstrate that to people, at least they too will respect the fact that you were deliberative about the decision, even if they might not agree with it. And I think that's leadership. Been deliberative, been doing this for uh, some time now. Uh, Given that you have, um, if you had to go back and think about things, what what would you tell your younger self to be ready for and prepared for? I think two things. I think one is take risks. Um, obviously, this is the biggest risk I've ever taken, at least in my professional career. 
um, getting outside of my comfort zone. As, as you know, Bishop, I've worked for a lot of really great elected officials, but I myself have never put my name on a ballot. That takes a particular amount of um, maybe I'll say courage, um, but also but also risk, um, risk of failure risk of potentially maybe I'll embarrass myself, maybe I'll lose, and what will my family and friends and my community think? But sometimes the risk is worth taking. And for me, when I made this decision to run for public office, something I've never done before, I weighed the risk. But I said to myself, I would ultimately regret not taking it because I wanted to serve the communities in the 13th district. I thought I had something to offer, and I wanted to put that forward to constituents and voters to make that decision. And I was lucky enough and honored to be elected. I think the second thing I would say to my younger self is life is unexpected and it's not linear. You can make all the best plans you want to get to from point A to point B. Maybe that's in your professional life. Maybe that's in your personal life. But then life happens in between. And oftentimes you need to be prepared for the unexpected and be flexible to it and know that in the end, you are exactly where you're supposed to be Um, and that your path maybe won't be linear, but if you take advantage of the opportunities, perhaps take on some risk, take advantage of those opportunities as they present themselves, you'll live a very rewarding and fulfilling life, both professionally and personally. And that's what I would would try to say to my, my younger self. If you want more teaching like this to increase your ability to lead, to have influence, to make a difference, solve problems, build teams, and know who you are as a leader, then go to iLeadAcademy.net and get even more teaching like this. Well, uh, obviously you're listening (laughs) to yourself because that's what it is. And John Maxwell says this, that we fall forward. Mm-hmm. We fall forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and for our Ily listeners, let me just drop this nugget um, that it says now, Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for the good, for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. Goes on to say the proverbial writer, and you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't ask for a sermon, but you gave me an opportunity. I love it. No, <laughs> I, I agree. Can't I can't Amen. Resist. I agree. And that is, if you fall down seven times, you get back up. That's right. And when you take that risk, when you when you took the risk, what was the most fearful moment that you had when you were running for office? Well, let me tell you, I I never really planned out. I think some people plan to run for pol- you know, run for public office. They've always thought of themselves as a congressman or a senator or a governor. I really didn't. I I believe in public service. I believe that you can be a servant in a lot of different, you're a leader within the community. Obviously, there are a lot of different ways to lead. Elected office doesn't have to be the most, the only way, right? You can give back in a lot of different ways. But it was when I had an opportunity to work for President Biden, I was the chief of staff in the White House at the Office of Management and Budget. That's what I was doing prior to running and making that decision. I had to make the decision to to quit my job, move home, back home, um, and take that risk of saying, I'm going to explore potentially running for office, something I never really planned to do. 
But again, when I was thinking through that decision and I was calling friends and family, you can imagine what my family's reaction was. You're going to quit your job in the White House and do what? But I listened to my gut and my inner voice, and I think that's also very important for any individual. Your gut never steers you wrong if you listen to it. And for me, when I was in the White House thinking about this, I said, okay, if I don't do this, am I okay with not having tried? And ultimately, that was the decision that made me move forward. I resigned. I moved home. I announced my candidacy because the answer to that question was no. I wouldn't have been okay if I didn't take that chance, if I didn't take that risk. And maybe I will fail. And that's okay because I do think that, and it's easy for me to say this, Bishop, I realize because I won the election, but even if I hadn't, I think you can learn a lot from when you do fail, when you do fall down, fall down those seven times. You're you're learning lessons that might not be clear to you in the immediate, but they will become clearer to you in the future as to why that was the path that life took you down. So I just think that for me, it was a very big decision. I really wanted to give back in a different way. I was inspired by what I believe President Biden is trying to do for a lot of our communities. For so long, government at the federal level has been about doing more with less. And what COVID really showed us was our communities and our people are in need. And that requires a response. That requires investment. And I truly believe that in that moment, we can come out, our communities can come out of COVID stronger than when they went when we went into this. And I believe that's what President Biden believes. Um, and, and I was inspired by that moment. And sometimes life is meeting that moment. And, and I decided to take the chance and make the decision to run for office. What I hear uh, is that you didn't want to live a life of regret. Yes, right. And uh, that is a significant thing for a leader, mm -hmm. is that I'd rather pick up the pieces than have never broken the glass. Yes. Um, and I, I hear that. And when you talk about that <clears throat> connection um, with President Biden, I think it's a great segue into looking at his leadership. Mm -hmm. When you look at his leadership, it it uh, from my vantage point, yeah, it appears that he just doesn't get the credit that he deserves with mm -hmm. respect to his leadership. Uh, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about that? What I think is the 13 districts: Central, Southern Illinois, O'Fallon, Metro East. All of the all of the working people, all the people within these this district are really struggling with what's in front of them, the day-to-day -day life. How am I providing food to my children? How am I filling up my gas tank? I'm making very difficult decisions for aging parents that maybe didn't save enough for their retirement, and I'm caring for them. I'm caring for my children while still trying to get to work, and I can't afford childcare. I think that people are just struggling to make ends meet, and making that connection between that daily struggle and policy that sometimes can feel like there's a disconnect um, is, is a hard connection sometimes to make. But I really, I try as an elected leader to tell that story, 
um, to constituents. You know, one of the things I thought was an incredible opportunity, I just finished being home for a month and a half, which by the way, I love being home. I just got back to Washington where we've got probably a pretty bumpy next few months ahead of us. But when I was at home, I was able to uh, host Secretary Buttigieg. He came, who's our Secretary of Transportation. You know, one of the things that President Biden did was pass a bipartisan infrastructure federal bill that really invests in our communities again. You know, as you know, we're connected right on the Mississippi. Just on the other side of the river is is St. Louis. What connects us often like communities like East St. Louis to St. Louis is Metrolink. So when Secretary Buttigieg came, we brought in Mayor Jones from St. Louis, Congresswoman Cori Bush. We had uh, Senator Durbin. We brought our elected leaders together because there was a historic investment that was only being made possible by President Biden's infrastructure investment in Metrolink. What Metrolink does is it helps our families, our communities get to and from St. Louis. Maybe that's a job. Maybe that's access to healthy food. That connects, that story helps to make a difference in connecting why should I care about President Biden's policies, how it connects to their daily lives. And so I think it's incumbent upon us to tell that story um, and why Biden, President Biden's investment makes a difference. Um, and I think we have to do that at the local level, and we have to bring it to people as to why they care, why they should care, their pocketbooks, the kitchen table issues. That's where it'll re- really resonate and I think finally break through. For our area, uh, and I agree, uh, in our area uh, in O'Fallon, where most of my congregants are, yeah, uh, and uh, those listeners that we have, uh, they have earmarks now. Uh, yes. back. And you you designated 15 of those of those 15, which apps uh, impacts uh, those that live in O'Fallon? And yes. Well, so what we've taken is a real regional approach. I mean, what's happening in all of the communities in Madison and St. Clair County is we've got to pull together, I think, to lift that will lift all boats, right? So a lot of my earmarks, I've I've had a number of them in the Metro East area. Um, six of them. One of them in particular is on workforce development, um, supporting youth opportunities. You know, one of the statistics that's very interesting about the district, we're over 60% non-college educated. So how are we reaching our youth and giving them the skills training they need to get into good paying jobs? So I was able to support initiatives through earmarks for workforce development training. Some of the initiatives on community project funding has also been around infrastructure, Water infrastructure is a very big deal throughout our region, making sure that communities have access to clean drinking water. Um, not so much specifically at o- in O'Fallon, but in a lot of the neighboring communities, water infrastructure is a really serious challenge. And so I've led on a number of different initiatives to support upgrades to our water system. And I would also say, you know, affordable housing is something that is also really important. I had another initiative to deal with affordable housing in the region. And so what I'm really hoping is, while I got these through the appropriations process, if we don't get a budget deal, none of these opportunities for funding become a reality. So that's really the next step in this process, is getting a budget 
getting that budget done. If we get that done, these projects, six of them are benefiting the complete Metro East region, um, which again, I think does help O'Fallon. Um, you know, that will be possible and we'll be able to make those investments. And then the clock restarts again next year. So we are always as an office looking for more opportunities, um, more needs, and maybe they're specific in O'Fallon that we can advocate and support uh, through community project funds. Well, you know, it is uh, it has just been uh, great uh, hearing you talk about how uh, the leadership of wanting to take the risk of running mm-hmm. is now being manifested and realized in impacting lives as you as you have desire to do. You know, everybody doesn't have that opportunity to say, you know what, I'm I, I, this is what I like to do. And then literally make it happen. And uh, we really appreciate the fact that uh, we see that happening. What else would you share uh, as we kind of come to the end of our time together? Okay. What what else would you share with that person who's you look at uh, Representative Kaczynski and say, oh, wow, could that be me? Uh, could I grow into that leader? Uh, whether they are young African-American, young lady, uh, whether that is a young uh, African-American male, mm-hmm. Caucasian. Whatever the case may be, what would you say to that young, expiring leader? Says, hey, I want to do that. I want to be that. What I would say to that young leader is, yes, you can. And I think that um, we have to be investing in everyone, investing in making sure that our country is represented. It's diverse. We need more diversity within our own representation. Um, I talked to Senator Claiborne, former Senator Claiborne, a lot, and he's like, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Um, I have a lot of, um, we have a lot of great colleagues. I have a lot of great colleagues that are at the state level, the local level. Senator Chris Belt is a good friend of mine. All of us together work very collaboratively. And I would just say we need more leaders like Representative Greenwood, like Senator Belt. Um, I you know, would be humbled to count myself among them that want to serve the community. And I will do anything I can to help support young people that are wanting to take that chance and that opportunity, because we need more people to step forward that believe in public service, that believe in giving back to their community. And that sometimes this might not be the path that you had planned, but it's the path that is going to be coming before you. And um, I think you should take that chance. Um, I like I said, a lot of a lot of great leaders at the local state, and I'd love to count myself as a partner. We'll support young leaders that want to step forward. So I am I am your partner, and um, just yes, you can. You got to take the chance. And there are a lot of great people that believe in our youth. Um, and a lot of what is optimist, what I have optimism about moving forward for our country is engagement around young people and their um, how they've been paying particular attention to the issues, their levels of engagement, but we need them stepping forward to run for public office. And so anything I can do to support that, I'm there. This is only a snippet of what you can get when it comes down to learning how to lead, learning how to lead yourself, others, build teams, solve problems. In fact, 
you can register for the courses and get certified in how to lead. I lead listeners now, um, you have this opportunity uh, to hear uh, from Representative Budzinski as to how to grab a hold of a non-linear path to what uh, God is leading you into leadership. Mm-hmm. And what I hear is, uh, don't think that it's always going to be as predictable as you may think. That's right. But go for it anyhow. That's right. Take go the chance. Yes, you can. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, we're going to end with the one question that everybody has to answer. Everybody has to answer that, no matter uh, if, if Governor Prisker, uh, Senator Durr, everyone answers this particular question. Uh oh. Okay. How do you lead in any room you find yourself in? Mm. Do more listening than talking. I think that's really important. I think I often say this. I think be kind and compassionate. I think sometimes um, kindness can be mistaken for weakness. And actually, the kindest people in the room, I'd make the argument, are the strongest. And so to lead with compassion, kindness, and by listening, less talking, I think you'd be surprised at how much you can get accomplished. Now, Ali listeners, I didn't I didn't pay her to say that. (laughs) You already know, you already know that if you are a regular listener to I Lead uh, Academy podcast, 90% of the leaders answer it that way. Be a listener. Listen in the room before you say anything to try to lead anybody. Listen. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm not kidding. 90%. And all of the people that I just mentioned, they all said the same thing, too. Really? That's amazing. It is. It is. That is amazing. Any final words before uh, we uh, just uh, end this time that we have together? It just said I've really enjoyed this opportunity, Bishop, and thank you. I'd love to come on the program anytime you'd be willing to have me. Um, I'm working very hard to to serve the constituents of the 13th district, and that obviously includes a lot of your parishioners. Um, and so anything I can do, I have an office. We have an office in Belleville. We have three other offices throughout the district. So constituent services is something that I take very, very seriously. So even if you just need a passport or you have some uh, VA benefits that you have questions about, Social Security questions, we are here to serve. And so anything I can do to be of assistance, please don't hesitate to let me know. We'll take you up on that. Great. That sounds good. After listening to today's podcast, I'm sure you're ready to be a leader in any room. To learn more about how to become the leader you are called to be, enroll today in iLeadAcademy.net. Until next time, remember, with iLead, you can be the leader in any room.